Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. I pray that your new year will be prosperous and joyful. So today is the octave day of Christmas, corresponding to the first day of the year and the solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Holy Mother of God. As we celebrate the new year, we welcome the end of one calendar year and the beginning of a new one. For Catholics and Christians, however, the ultimate fulfillment for us is turning to the one who can make all things new, our Lord Jesus Christ. The great Catholic convert G.K. Chesterton once wrote, the object of a new year is not that we have a new year, it is that we should have a new soul in Christ and a new backbone, a new face, new ears, and new eyes. Similar to what Jesus said back then, unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So as we start the new year, we always do so by thanking God for all his blessing. Because everything that we have comes from him, the merciful and just God. Today I'm going to go over the three readings very briefly, each one of them. And I hope by connecting the three of them, you will leave the church to the holy, the holy house of God a little bit more informed. Our first reading of today from the book of Numbers points us to that exact relationship, the gratitude we have for God and his blessings. The reading is also full of theological notation, which I'm going to go over them step by step and try to see if we can glean anything out of the first reading. As was read, the Lord directed Moses to use the special blessing he gave to him on his people as a reminder of God's care for them. This benediction still applies to us today because of when Jesus came, he came for both Jews and Gentile alike. And to fulfill the prophecy of old that says a Savior would come to save all people from their sin. All people. Father Mark has been telling us about this long time for, for the last couple of weeks. All people for the Jews, the Gentiles, and you and me as well. With that being said, let us return to Moses and look at the prayer that was given to him for his people and eventually for all of us, for all of humanity. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord be kind to you and give you peace. In the first line of the prayer, May God bless you and keep you. We see the tender and the merciful heart of God for those who follow him. He is giving them all the blessing they need, physical and material, to survive and protecting them from harm. 
Matthew told us of Jesus' words to those who doubted God's love for them, saying, If you then, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? With that being said, through the first line, God is the Father, being the giver and creator of everything, provides for all our needs, keeps us safe, and protects us from bodily harm. In the second line of the prayer, may the Lord shine his face on you and be gracious to you. We see that by shining his face on us, on you and me, God reveals to us who we really are, the depth of our being, and our dire need for a Savior to help us, to show us the way. And this Savior is the Christ. He is a bridge between us and the Heavenly Father. And so, the second line, God the Son is the one who reveals everything to us about ourselves and helps us in our daily struggle. When we are confused and emotionally upset, we find our answers in Jesus, God incarnate, the Messiah. And the third line, and in the third line of the prayer, may the Lord be kind on you and give you peace. We see that the Lord wants to be kind to us and smile on us from from above. He does not want us to be anxious or fearful, but be at peace. Peace that comes to us through the works of the Holy Ghost in our daily lives. Through the third line, God the Holy Ghost, as a healer and sanctifier of our spirit, and the one who gets into the deepest of our being gives us the peace and the tranquility we need. So these three lines that was given to us, that was given to Moses 3,500 years ago, are representation of the triune God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Through this beautiful prayer, God does not just want us or want to help his follower in terms of physical and material things, but also in terms of spirituality and adoption through our free will. And this is, and this is not the point, what St. Paul was telling to us in today's reading from Galatians, that when we were not of age, meaning that we are not ready to receive Christ yet. We were enslaved and under the power of the pagan world. But when, we, when the fullness of time came, when we were ready to receive him, God sent his only begotten son into the world, born of a woman, born under the law to ransom those under the law, so that we might receive adoption through him and become children of God in the Holy Ghost who dwells in our hearts. According to St. Paul, 
God offers us many choices in life and plenty of time to decide what to do. Our lives are meant to be like a classroom where we learn to love by growing closer to Christ, who in the fullness of time came among us to save us, or better yet, he came for me to save me. It's much more powerful when you put it this way. And this gives us the lead into the gospel of today, the shepherds coming to Christ to dwell in his heart. And our spiritual mother Mary, the blessed virgin, the mother of God, took the time to reflect on all the things in her heart. But before we discuss all the things that she reflected on, I would like to go a little bit deeper into the dogma that we are talking about today, the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Holy Mother of God. The dogma, these two dogmas were both established in the Council of Ephesus 431 A.D., before you and I were born. Even before then, in the first and second century saints, such as Saint Ignatius of Antioch, Saint Justin Martyr, and Saint Irenaeus of Lyons declared so beautifully and so powerfully this, listen to this, that the virgin birth of Mary's son, Jesus, occurred in all silence. Creation, as it were, held its pace, held its pace and breath until she gave birth to the Son of God. And St. Basil the Great in 380 A.D. said, Those who deny the virginity of Mary before, during, and after the birth of Christ are not friend of Christ. I did not say that. So don't go say, well, Deacon said so and so. This is St. Basil said that. St. Thomas Aquinas, what can we say about him? Compare the birth of Jesus to a light passing through glass without causing damage to the integrity of the glass, meaning that Mary's birth was painless. Can you imagine that as mothers? So those two announcements and about the Holy Mother of God, the council also made a firm and insisted that if anyone does not confess that God is truly Emmanuel, God with us, and that on this account, the Holy Virgin is the Theotokos, Mother of God, let him be anathema, meaning let him be excommunicated. Early Christian called Mary the Mother of God without hesitation. To them, it was logical. If Jesus is God and Mary was his mother, therefore Mary is the Mother of God. Do we have any teachers here or any grade school or any middle school or high school? If A equal to B, B equal to C, therefore A equal to C. Right? Right, Michelle? Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> With that being said, let us now turn our attention to what Mary may have pondered in her heart. Now listen carefully here. Mary as a young teen probably reflected back on her younger years 
when her parents, Joachim and Anne, brought her to the temple to be in the presence of God. Mary was a gift from God, and she was dedicated to him in return. Joachim and Anne prayed a lot to have a child, and God, and God gave them Mary. Mary must have also reflected back on her life in the temple, learning how or learning all about the prophecies and wondering what they meant. Just like when we read the Bible, we say, what does that mean? Right? And how and now they were being fulfilled before her own eyes, seeing her baby in front of her. Also, Mary probably remembered her returning home, pondering what would happen next. Just remember, she's only a teenager, 15 years of age, no more than that. Until the angel of the Lord appeared to her in the window of her modest home and greeted her with a special salutations. Hail, full of grace. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of God will overshadow you. And the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Mary's humble response was, let it be done to me according to your word. So humble, so powerful, and so beautiful. As difficult as their life journey was, Joseph and Mary, I am sure that Mary pondered God's love for family life, allowing his divine son to live this kind of life with them and as a result, elevating family life to a place within the Trinity. Think about that. This means that every family here and everywhere in this world is invited to share in God's divine life and to encounter the grace and virtue given to us by Him, by our Lord Jesus Christ. We just need to say, Yes, to him. And finally, can you imagine what Mary experienced in her heart when suddenly three Magi appeared from the Far East, bringing them gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Just remember, Mary was in the temple for a dozen of years, studying the Torah, understanding every word of it. And I am sure she will understand what these gifts are that were given to her son by the Magi. And according to St. Irenaeus of Lyon, a church father taught that the gifts to Jesus signified the mystery of the incarnation and the passion. Gold as a symbol of royalty representing the universal kingship of Christ, her son. Frankincense is a symbol of worship, the worship of Christ, pointing to his divinity. You and I pray, and our prayer rising up to the heavenly kingdom. So our prayer don't stay here, they go up, just like the incense. Right, Father? And myrrh, the oil, which is probably the most difficult thing for her to just imagine and ponder about. 
symbol of Christ's humanity, representing his passion and death. Can you imagine a mother just saying her child born and think about that? Mary knew that Jesus was the Son of God, but she also knew that it was, he was her son as well, flesh and blood. And that the time would come for him to carry the sins of humanity on his back for the salvation of the human race, for your salvation and for mine. So the Virgin Mary and the Mother of God prepared herself to be a vehicle for God's grace, put her faith completely in the hand of this living God that she saw in the temple and serve him unconditionally, surrendering every ounce of her being to his divine will. Her yes, think about this for a second, her yes provided you and me the opportunity to one day enter the gate of God's kingdom. She is full of grace. That is Mary. She is the queen of heaven and the saints. She is the spiritual mother to all of us. She is the mother of God. She is a bridge between us and her son. She is the one who said yes. So the question for us today is, are we ready to say or to follow in Mary's footsteps and say yes when God calls us to service? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. My friends, on behalf of Deacon Mikhail and myself, um, we wish all of you, your family and friends, uh, in this new year of 2023, an abundance of God's grace, absolutely, and his peace, his peace to come upon you and your families in this time.